kid, everybody be icy. Million dollar posse, always there to watch me. Y'all know what I wrestle with. I used to be reckless. Now I'm trying to tell y'all what the message is. Definite. Things are getting strange. Oh, uh, yeah. Welcome, true believers, to Wrestle with Hope, a wrestling podcast with a Saturday morning sentiment and Sunday morning values. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova. My wrestling fandom covers the birth of Hulkamania, past the Monday Night Wars, and all the way to this modern era. With each episode, we talk about what's happening this week in wrestling currently. We talk about what happened this week in wrestling history, and then we give the go-home signal with a Wrestle with Hope word for the week. And along the way, you'll catch a glimpse of what my wrestling past was like and why I still watch now. We got an interesting piece of news for everybody, uh, all fans of Wrestle With Hope. Another way to contact us now, we've got a voicemail line. 352-340-3648 is the line. Give us a call. Let us know what you thought about the episode. Let us know what you think about what's happening in wrestling currently, in wrestling past, anything you want to talk about, and we may just play it on a future episode. Once again, the number is 352-340-3648, and it'll be in the show notes as well. Let's dive, let's dive right in on what's going on with wrestling this week currently because we jump right in with NWA Power on Tuesdays. The National Wrestling Alliance had their fourth episode of NWA Power, and man, we dove right in with uh, what's going on with Nick Aldis, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, and all of his uh, suitors. Everybody wants a shot at the World's Heavyweight Championship. And uh, so uh, we, we got into some really interesting conversation at the very start of the show. James Storm came out and cut a promo on Nick Aldis. And he says that the champion's ducking him. And then all of a sudden, Colt Cabana comes out. Boom, boom, Colt Cabana. The two start bickering back and forth, and then you get Eli Drake coming out to say that Storm deserves a shot. Aldis then walks out and says that Storm um, must have been having a little bit too many, a little too much to drink. And then he says that, you know, Drake's only vice is wanting to be like him. And he's sick of people challenging him. Well, you're the, you're the champion, champ, so it's going to happen. But then he told everybody to get in the ring for a six-man tag team match. The stipulation is going to be this, is that if Colt and Aldis's team wins, then Colt Cabana would get a shot at the North American Championship that is held by James Storm. If Storm wins, he would get a World Championship title shot, but then would also have to relinquish the North American Championship before he even got that title shot. So it's set up a six-man tag team match for the end of the night. In the middle of all that, we had some other highlights. Trevor Murdoch, he defeated Josephus to earn an NWA contract. He came out and he said he wanted a, a, you know, an official NWA contract, and the only way to do that was to win this next match, and so he defeated Josephus to do that. We got a cool uh, little video package on Thunder Rosa, who will be debuting soon, and uh, obviously soon was... Very soon, because in just two matches, she would show up. The Dawsons took on Kingston and Homicide in a no-disqualification match. The Wild Cards, the NWA World Tag Team Champions, they interfered, and the Dawsons won that match. Then you had Ashley Vox defeating Marty Bell, and then after that match, Thunder Rosa came out and stared down Bell. So, 
We've already got some intrigue happening in uh, the NWA women's division. I like Thunder Rosa and her look, so uh, make sure you check that out on YouTube, NWA Power Episode 4. In the main event of NWA Power, by the way, we had James Storm and the Wild Cards, the NWA World Tag Team Champions. So all champions were in this match. James Storm and the Wild Cards versus Nick Aldis, Colt Cabana, boom, boom, and... Mr. Anderson. That's right. Ken Anderson showed up as a Cole Cabana and Nick Aldis' partner. Cabana's team wins after he pinned Tom Latimer, and he earned a shot at the national championship as a result. Now, in the future, we'll have Cole Cabana versus James Storm. A really interesting uh, stipulation. I like Nick Aldis's view on things where it was like, hey, you're already a champion. If you want to focus on my championship, you got to give up that one. And uh, I like it. I'm, I, have, I have not been spoiled on any of the TV taping results. So week to week, episode to episode, this has been a fun ride on NWA Power. Can't wait to see what happens. I, I can't wait to see what the pay-per-view looks like and who's going to be facing who. So there you go. Way to go, NWA Power. One of my favorite shows every week so far. On Wednesday, October the 30th, we got NXT and AEW on the same night. NXT starts off with Poppy performing her song, I Disagree, playing Io Shirai down to the ring. And um, it was really cool. Uh, it was, I, I'm, I have no idea who Poppy is or Poppy was or, or any of that kind of stuff. I, nothing made me feel so uncool while also in awe of what is going on in wrestling right now uh, than this segment probably. So uh, Poppy singing Io Shirai down to the ring. Io Shirai, by the way, defeated Candice LeRae. LeRae went for a uh, quebrada, but landed on a steel chair, and then Shirai pinned her to win the match and tried to assault her with the chair afterwards, and then Rhea Ripley made the save, kicking the chair out of Shirai's hands and then sending her running. Some other highlights of what happened on NXT. Finn Balor came out and explained his actions from last week, saying that there's way too many fans in the locker room when they should be in the stands. And he called out Johnny Gargano, saying that when Gargano's out of the hospital, he'll put him right back in and turn Johnny Wrestling into Johnny Watches Wrestling. I That was just such a good line. The Prince is back. Finn Balor with this mean streak. I'm loving it. Can't wait. I'm pretty sure they're probably going to be facing each other at uh, NXT TakeOver War Games. Um, more on that later, by the way, because uh, <laughs> things are really interesting the way that they're shaping up. Uh, in the next match, by the way, Bronson Reed defeated Shane Thorne with a massive top rope splash. And I'm when I, this match threw me. I thought Shane Thorne was going to win. I thought this was a match that was going to be set to highlight Shane Thorne. Oh my goodness, Bronson Reed, am I a fan now? That was just amazing. This big man doing some incredible moves. Bronson with the win. Over to the next highlight, women's tag team championship match. We had the Kabuki Warriors. We had um, we had uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane coming back to NXT, but defeating Team Kick, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. Asuka spit the green mist in Kai's face behind the referee's back. And Kyrie Sane dropped an elbow on Kai's back to win the match. And then afterwards, Shayna Baszler and the Horsewomen showed up to bully Kai and Knox. And this turned into a huge brawl involving the Horsewomen, Knox, Kai, Rhea Ripley, 
Candice LeRae, Bianca Belair, and Io Shirai. With all these women battling it out, William Regal comes out, and I love this balcony setup that they have now in NXT. He comes out to the balcony, and he announces that this brawl is going to be settled in the first ever women's war games match at NXT TakeOver. I just love the way that Regal screams war games. Uh, it's going to be happening at NXT TakeOver. Later in the episode, they announced that Baszler and Ripley were named team captains. And I'm assuming that the teams are going to be Rhea Ripley, um, Team Kick, Dakota Kai, and Tegan Knox, and Candice LeRae on one side, which is a little confusing because if you remember, like Rhea Ripley was responsible for Tegan Knox's injury. And when Rhea was a heel, was really, really heelish to Tegan. And we were all expecting Tegan Knox to come back and have this feud with Rhea. But no, they're on the same side of War Games along with Candice LeRae. And then you've got Shayna Baszler. You ready for this? Marina Shafir. Yes. And uh, <laughs> Jessamine Duke. Uh, and I could only assume that Bianca Belair. Oh, and, and Io Shirai. Io Shirai has, been, has had it out for um, Shayna Baszler. Bianca Belair, same way. So are, whose team are either of those on? I have, I have no clue. Uh, Bianca Belair uh, switches from heel to face like weekly. Io Shirai trying really hard to be a heel right now. But I don't know, I don't know how the teams are actually going to shape up, but it's just really interesting. And it gets even more interesting later on in the week. More on that later. Cameron Grimes, by the way, defeated Tyler Bate with a cave-in double stomp after a distraction from Killian Dane. So Killian Dane after the match, smashed bait into the ring steps and told him to tell his friend, Pete Dunn, I'm on fire today, by the way, that they have unfinished business. And, and so this is, I, I don't know if this is setting up Grimes and Dane on a team versus Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn, or if this is setting up two individual matches. But either way, I would love to see British Strong Style uh, taking on Cameron Grimes and Killian Dane. I actually think that Dane and Grimes can go together. I think that that's a you know almost the makings of a, of a nice little faction if they can add a couple more people on there. And then of course Tyler Bate, Pete Dunn just are incredible together. Let's let's get um, Trent Seven in there, and uh, we got ourselves an official British strong style match. Then in the main event, we had the undisputed era: Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly defeating Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. They made a big deal of Keith Lee choosing Matt Riddle over uh, Dominic Dijakovic in this match. I think this is only setting up something later on anyway, but Riddle and Lee, they fought off interference from the other members of Undisputed Era until O'Reilly and Fish were able to hit the high-low on Riddle to win the match. This was just a great match, a lot of fun. The group continued to beat down Lee and Riddle until Tommaso Ciampa and his crutch <laughs> made the save. Ciampa teased picking up the NXT Championship, and then this is how we end the night. He grabs the mic and he says, Goldie, you're going to have to wait. Daddy's going to war. So now we've got, potentially, a War Games match with the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, 
versus Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, and Keith Lee. And who's number four? Don't know who number four is. Number four could maybe even be Dominic Dijakovic. Who knows? Either way, we got two War Games matches that have been set up on Wednesday through NXT. And it's going to get even weirder later this week. So, so far, that's what we've gotten. By the way, if the entire Undisputed Era are in the War Games match, this means that this this takeover will have no major title defenses, of course, unless the uh, Cruiserweight Championship, which I think is uh, something that uh, will we'll likely get a match as well. The Cruiserweight Championship can get defended. But other than that, Tag Team, North American, NXT Championship, none of those will be defended on that night because everybody's going to be busy with the war games. Later on, uh, also at the same time that night, uh, All Elite Wrestling Dynamite occurred, and we had some really cool highlights, and I think a lot of these highlights happened outside the ring, if you ask me. First off, it opens with a closed-door meeting with John Moxley and Tony Khan. I love the way this happened. The cameras were following Moxley. Moxley was mad. He walks into Tony Khan's office, which now I guess Tony Khan is a sort of on-screen character, so this is kind of cool. Runs it, goes into his office, slams the door, and talks about his match with Kenny Omega at full gear. You hear Tony Khan say, this match is going to be an unsanctioned match. I'm sorry, we're not going to be held responsible. And so... John Moxley goes kind of crazy because he says, you mean I'm going to beat Kenny Omega and it's not going to count? So then he says, you know, whatever happens to your boy, means Kenny Omega to, to Tony Khan, is going to be on your hands. Then we also had Hangman Page defeating Sammy Guevara with the buckshot lariat. So Hangman Page taking care of Sammy. Then got all excited about facing Pac at full gear. Had some choice words for him. They already made a t-shirt out of his catchphrase. The Rock and Roll Express arrived with the AEW Tag Team Championship belts. Those belts are growing on me, by the way. I didn't. I wasn't sure how I felt about them at first when I saw them, and then I don't know, now they kind of grow on me, especially because they're different from the design of the World Championship and the Women's Championship. Um, I don't know. They're growing on me. I like it. I like them. I'm a big fan of belts, so uh, those were very cool. So the Rock and Roll Express, they arrived with the AEW Tag Team Championship belts to present to the winners of the tournament, but were jumped by Santana and Ortiz. They continued the attack, including powerbombing Ricky Morton through the stage until the Young Bucks, the young bucks made the save. Then, later on that night, Tony Schiavone uh, got into an interview with Cody Rhodes in the back of a limo. This was so cool and old school and reminiscent of the um, of the very same thing that Shivani did, uh, you know, years ago. Now, this is what I loved about this was just the the casual nature of the interview. So they were talking in the back of this limo, talking to him about his family, about this this new stipulation that if he can't beat Jericho within sixty minutes, that uh, a group of judges will determine the winner. I have no idea if this is actually even gonna going to come to play. I think it would be way too predictable if we actually got that. But man, this was just a really cool conversation between Tony Schiavone and Cody Rhodes. And then leading up to the contract signing, Cody, uh, Chris Jericho and Cody had a contract signing for their championship match. Jericho was dressed like in a David S. Pumpkins jacket 
and made a big deal about keeping things nonviolent and professional, but it was all a ruse as the other members of the inner circle were assaulting Dustin Rhodes in the parking lot, smashed his head into the limo, and then slammed his arm into the car door before they drove off. Unbelievable. Then Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, the uh, the rest of the elite. Are they, are, they, are they a faction in AEW, by the way? Are they the elite? I think they've mentioned that before. I don't know. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks defeated the Hybrid 2. Jack Evans and Angelico and Kip Sabian. Omega had a full Undertale costume entrance. And uh, the Bucks brought back their Ken and Ryu costumes. Hey, listen, you spend the money on those costumes. Got to get some mileage out of them. And Omega won with a V-trigger and the one-winged angel on Jack Evans. After the match, Santina, Santana and Ortiz attacked the Young Bucks, setting up a match for full gear. The librarians, by the way, Peter Avalon and Leva Bates, they showed up. I love Leva Bates, blue pants. And Avalon ran down Charleston, the town they were in. John Moxley then interrupted from the crowd and hit the paradigm shift on Avalon. Moxley cut a promo about the unsanctioned match with Omega, complaining that AEW is setting it up so that the match doesn't count when he wins. Moxley says Omega's blood is on AEW's hands, by the way. Then in the main event, we had the AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament Finals. SCU defeated the Lucha Brothers. Lucha Bros, they set up a uh, package pile driver and top rope double stomp combo, but Scorpio Sky was made was able to counter with an inside cradle and then pin Pentagon to win the match with a roll-up. The tournament, and they won the AEW Tag Team Championship, AEW World Tag Team Champs, SCU. The very next day on Halloween afternoon uh wwe had their crown jewel event told you um wasn't gonna be watching it but i will cover the results for you guys here some of the highlights not everything just here's the notable things that happened because usually these kind of shows you've heard me talk about it before they happen like in an alternate alternate universe they don't really apply to what's going on in the current culture of wwe but no this time the results actually meant something and so let's get into a wwe championship match Brock Lesnar defeated Cain Velasquez. He got his uh, supposed win back by submission in about two minutes with the Kimura lock. And after the match, Lesnar continued to attack Velasquez with a steel chair and an F5 until Ray Mysterio made the save with a chair of his own. We had the Good Brothers, the OC, Gallows and Anderson. They won the Tag Team Turmoil World Cup match. The match also included... The Viking Raiders, the New Day, the Revival, the B-Team, Heavy Machinery, Ziggler and Rude, Hawkins and Ryder, and the Lucha House Party. And so there you got the Good Brothers. They win. They win the, the, the cup. They win the trophy. Bragging rights. Um, in another highlight of Crown Jewel, Mansoor, who is uh, the first Saudi superstar for NXT slash WWE, he defeated Cesaro. Mansoor won the match with a moonsault, and after the match, he cut an emotional promo saying that this was the biggest win of his career. His father was in the crowd, and uh, everybody uh, was was going uh, was going nuts for it. And so, um, you know, there's there's that highlight. Tyson Fury defeated Braun Strowman. 
I've I've got a theory here. Fury had an elaborate entrance, won the match by countout after knocking out Strowman on the ring apron. After the match, Strowman power slammed Fury. Now, if Tyson Fury has more appearances in this form, I can see Fury and Strowman tag teaming for something in the future. This is just this just kind of seems like the way that this ended was a mutual respect thing can happen later. And then you get Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman tagging for something, maybe even at WrestleMania. Who knows? Also in this show, Natalia defeated Lacey Evans in the first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia. Natalia won by submission with a sharpshooter. They wrestled in black bodysuits with uh, baggy T-shirts over them. After the match, they hugged. They were celebrating uh, about this big, you know, first ever. I gotta tell you, um, you know, no, without any of the politics or any of that kind of stuff, Natalia was the perfect choice for this. I mean, there is, there is nobody on that roster. There is not anybody on that roster that I think is just a better hand than Natalia. I mean, she she just knocks it out of the park, you know. And she's one of those people that, um, you know, she has won major titles and she has won championships. And I do think that there's probably a tag title in there for her in the future and, and all that. Um, but honestly, she's gonna be she's gonna be remembered as one of the greatest women's wrestlers of all time because she's just really good. You know, it's just one of those things where. You know, she may not have gotten the, uh, the, the the cards handed to her where um, she's going to be uh, recognized as this, you know, multi-time world champion or anything like that. But you know what? The thing about this is that however you feel about this accolade, if somebody's going to get chosen for an accolade, it should be Natalia. Natalia should be involved in every first that there is in WWE because she is just that good. You can count on her to have a great match with anybody. You can count on her to walk Lacey Evans through this. So literally what you've got here is you got Natalia, which is who um, who is just literally an, an incredible wrestler who deserves it. And you've got Lacey Evans, who, number one, has got an incredible story. If you've never listened to her interview uh, with Lillian Garcia on her podcast, give it, give, it a, give it a listen. It might change your mind on Lacey Evans because she really does have a great story. She has overcome a lot. Um, and you know, it's, it's clear that she is a favorite of Vince's right now because of all that she's involved in. And so Natalia was the right choice for this accolade. However you feel about it later on in the night, team Hogan, Roman Reigns, Rusev, Ricochet, Ali, and Chad Gable defeated team flair, Randy Orton, King Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre Reigns pinned Orton after a spear to win the match. And by the way, there was based on all the highlights and stuff, there was nobody happier to be there than Rusev. He was just I it, this may have been just a dream come true for him, I think, to be standing with Hulk Hogan. So, anyway, good for Rusev and uh he needs a win. So, at the end of the night, the Universal Championship was on the line. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt defeated Seth Rollins. This was a surprise. I did not expect this. This was completely unexpected to me. The Fiend Bray Wyatt defeated Seth Rollins. Rollins hit uh, over half a dozen stomps, super kicked Wyatt off the uh, ledge onto an exploding production equipment, all this kind of stuff. 
But the Fiend no-sold all of it. He was Michael Myers. He choked out Rollins with a mandible claw, then hit him with his sister Abigail on the floor to win the match. And the Fiend is the new Universal Champion. And I don't know. There's plenty of ways that the Fiend can lose the belt. I, let me just kind of step aside here. A lot of people are saying, hey, I don't know about the, the Fiend as a Universal Champion. I don't know about this. How is he going to lose a championship? How can the Fiend ever lose a championship? There's a ton of ways that the Fiend could lose a championship without ever getting pinned. He could be in a triple threat match. He could be in a fatal four-way match. He can be, uh, you know, it, the, the title could get put on the line at the Royal Rumble. There, you know, there's a lot of multi-man situations that the Fiend can be in that will call, that could cause him to um, lose the championship without getting pinned or submitted. There's just a lot of ways that that can happen. So, uh, you know, uh, last man standing match. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. Honestly, you know, I'm not worried about how the Fiend's going to lose the championship. I'm interested now in what they're going to do with him as the champion. Because he can't be around all the time. Like, you can't you can't have the Fiend show up all the time because if they if you do you lose the the luster of the fiend. So, you know, and and again, so now you have two champions in Brock Lesnar and the Fiend who one shouldn't be on TV all the time and the other one is not on TV all the time, although we're getting a lot of Brock time right now. So, who knows? You know, what what we got to do now, right, is put maybe elevate the status of the Intercontinental Championship. I could definitely see some great stuff coming from Daniel Bryan and Nakamura if they do a program with those guys. U.S. Championship, right now you're telling a really interesting story between AJ Styles and Humberto Carrillo. So elevate those secondary championships. Please give them some importance at the show. Give them some main event statuses. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's see something exciting happen. Friday night SmackDown, we had uh, some really some interesting situations. Okay, um, there were some travel issues with the WWE roster in Saudi Arabia. Some of those issues, um, well, all of those issues came from whatever situation was going on between Vince McMahon and the Crown Prince, and uh, there were there were a lot of different rumors going around. I'm not going to talk about rumors or news or any of that kind of stuff. But either way, here's what happened. The entire roster, minus a couple of um, higher-ups, right, were stuck in Saudi Arabia. They were not going to make it in time for SmackDown. So they had to improvise. Now, I don't know if what transpired was going to have to happen or if they just you know sped something up or pushed it or whatever. But what we got was probably the greatest episode of SmackDown that I have seen in a long, long time. And we can thank NXT for that. Let's talk about the show. The show opened up with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. The match with Cain Velasquez from Crown Jewel was shown in its entirety, by the way, as well as the post-match attack from Rey Mysterio. Then Heyman claimed that Lesnar wanted a match with Mysterio tonight, but Vince McMahon told them SmackDown superstars are contractually obligated to Fox and Raw superstars are contractually obligated to USA Network. Heyman announced that Brock Lesnar thereby quits Friday Night SmackDown and will appear on Raw to hunt down Mysterio. So number one, this takes care of your two champions on one show scenario. So obviously now The Fiend is going to stay on SmackDown and the Universal Championship moves to SmackDown and Brock Lesnar 
moves to uh, Raw on USA Network, and the WWE Championship will be on Raw from now on. Easily takes care of everything. That's great. There's a small loophole, by the way, in this where they made a huge deal about Rey Mysterio not being able to come to SmackDown because of their contractual obligations. But um, I'm guessing that that same uh, restriction doesn't apply to NXT stars because of what happens next. Shawn Michaels and Triple H um, watch Lesnar and Heyman leave the arena. And then you got SmackDown's women's champion, Bayley, defeating Nikki Cross. Sasha Banks pushed Cross off the top rope, and Bayley won with what appears to be her new finish, a double, uh, an arm-hooked headlock driver. After the match, NXT women's champion Shayna Baszler hits the ring and attacked everybody. Baszler walked out through the crowd again. Now, after that takeover happened, Pat McAfee subbed in for Aiden English, okay? Aiden English was there alongside Renee Young and alongside um, Tom Phillips, who did both, by the way, they did a stellar job the rest of the night, okay? Um, Tom Phillips, you know, I forgot that he's good. It's been a while since I've heard him, and uh, they did a great job. Aiden English, for some reason, got subbed out for Pat McAfee, and Pat, the rest of the night, was Team NXT. So uh, there you go. Kathy Kelly interviewed Sami Zayn, who noted that NXT was here and that nobody from NXT should mess with him. He was then confronted by Keith Lee and Matt Riddle. Bro. So then Zane ran away from Lee and Riddle. Lee and Riddle chased Zane to the ring where Riddle hit him with a ripcord knee strike and the bro Derek. Lee then hit a moonsault on Zane from the second rope. And uh, poor Sami Zayn. Poor Sami Zayn. By the way, you stick to your convictions, Sami Zayn, and that gets you a, a, a main spot on SmackDown while everybody else is stuck in Saudi Arabia. So uh, that was awesome. And then you also get moonsaulted by Keith Lee. And I would never, ever, 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 ever want to be on the receiving end of that. I'm just saying. Bray Wyatt was supposed to be the guest on Miz TV. I was really looking forward to that, too. But instead, we got an appearance by Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa said someone needed to give Miz a reality check, calling him everything that's wrong with Raw and SmackDown. The Miz took offense, and then the two agreed to a match. We got Tommaso Ciampa versus The Miz. Ciampa won with the fairy tale ending, by the way. But still, great match, great showing. I love The Miz. Love Tommaso Ciampa. And um, we, man, we got a real big treat with SmackDown this week. Daniel Bryan confronted Shawn Michaels and Triple H about why they're here tonight and challenged Triple H to a match. Triple H turned him down and suggested that he face the NXT champion Adam Cole. Baby. Brian agreed if it was for the NXT championship and the match was made. Guys, the SmackDown main event was an NXT championship match. Rhea Ripley and Tegan Knox came out and defeated Fire and Desire. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were supposed to face Carmella and Dana Brooke, but then you got a shot in the back of Bianca Blair Belair jumping them backstage. Uh, Knox and Ripley then took their place, and Ripley won by submission with an inverted cloverleaf on Rose. That was cool to see. They showed a video package about Lacey Evans and Natalia. One of my favorite highlights of this whole thing, by the way, was Stephanie McMahon coming out and uh, waving and blowing a kiss 
to Triple H. And in the camera shot, you see Pat McAfee standing up and blowing back the kiss and receiving the wave. And I just thought, I just thought that was hilarious. And, you know, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I'm new to Pat McAfee. I know a lot of people don't care for him or whatever, but that was kind of funny. Anyway, I like it when people just kind of can be themselves and they gave him a full license to be himself and to wear jorts. So there you go. In the main event of SmackDown on Friday night, NXT Championship match was uh, the the NXT Championship was on the line in this match. Adam Cole, baby, defeated cleanly Daniel Bryan. Cole countered the knee plus with a super kick, then hit the Panama Sunrise in the last shot to retain the championship. After the match, though, the NXT star started filling the ring, and Triple H cut a promo about building an army for the Survivor Series. Now. Here's where this kind of gets a little bit muddy, okay? Um, and I, I I like it when little details are paid attention to. So a couple of just small things. Uh, Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley should not be that close to each other on the ring. Um, there's a lot of female stars back at NXT that they could have pulled out for this takeover. Um, you have a War Games the night before Survivor Series, and the War Games is meant to end a blood feud. And so you really shouldn't have the participants of War Games in that close of proximity to each other. I mean, like, Adam Cole was sharing the ring with Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Tommaso Ciampa. And, you know, and Roderick Strong was there, too. I mean, there, there should have been a riot. I mean, like, there should have been a riot there at SmackDown. It should have been even more chaotic. The only thing I will tell you is, I'll give major props to Tommaso Ciampa. Tommaso Ciampa kept his distance from Cole, was way on the other side of the ring, and kept. If you if you go back and look at it, he kept his eyes not on Cole but on Goldie the entire time. He kept his eyeballs on the NXT Championship, and everywhere Cole moved it is where Ciampa's eyes went. He focused in on Goldie, and he kept character during that entire entire time so you kind of get the idea that maybe all right maybe triple h told them you guys are all gonna go into the ring and you know nobody trying to shenanigans okay because we're gonna put up a good phrase in front of everybody on smackdown like you know maybe you could have gotten that like from the back and tomaso going i'm gonna go but i'm not gonna like it and i'm not gonna take my eyes off of goldie so uh got a voicemail today i leaked the number out to a couple of friends and uh greg goslin he uh called up and left us a voicemail they just went to Raw on Monday at the Nassau Coliseum, Greg and his family, and our number one fan, Rocco, who drew an incredible WWH logo. We posted it on our Instagram page. Thank you, Rocco, for that. Anyway, here's a message from Greg. Hey, this is Greg Goblin from Long Island, New York. Um, I was calling the uh, WWF Livewire, looking to talk to Todd Pettengill if he's available. Uh, no, all things aside... This is Greg. Uh, just want to say, Wayne, you're doing a fabulous job. Keep up the amazing work on the podcast. I love it. It's awesome. No, I said that before. But uh, big thing, I went to Raw last night with my son and my wife. It was a totally awesome show. We got part two of the NXT Invasion. It was out of control. You know, Adam Cole main eventing SmackDown and Raw this week. Who is having a better week, Payday? Well. Everybody have a great week, and I'll talk to you again soon. Later. Greg, thanks so much, man. Yes, we have got to talk about Adam Cole. 
uh, did an incredible job again on Monday Night Raw, as he did on Friday Night SmackDown. And uh, here, let's talk about Monday Night Raw right now. The show opened with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman explaining that Brock's ability to quit SmackDown and show up on Raw is special because he has Heyman as his advocate. Not everybody can do it. Heyman promised that Lesnar would hunt down Mysterio, which we saw via him accosting all these random bystanders backstage. Later on in the show, Lesnar's hunt for Rey Mysterio continued with him threatening Jerry Lawler. Saying that if he... He said... So this is the thing. Heyman said, if he kills him on Raw, nobody's going to resuscitate him this time. Whoa! Then Dio Madden stuck up for Lawler, stood up, and went face-to-face with Brock and got an F5 for his trouble right through the Raw announce table. Good for you, Dio, by the way. I thought that was awesome. Uh, a really cool display of character. Some uh, some constitution, if you will. Rey Mysterio made the save by attacking Lesnar with a pipe. Was that a bat? Bat or a pipe? Anyway, uh, in the follow-up segment, and then Mysterio challenged Lesnar for the Survivor, for Survivor Series. Also in the show, Seth Rollins spoke about losing the Universal Championship to the Fiend at Crown Jewel and what's next for him. Then Triple H interrupted, featuring a cameo from NXT's Undisputed Era. He tried to convince Rollins to support NXT in the coming brand wars, and they were interrupted by AJ Styles and the OC, who chased away the Undisputed Era. The OC got attacked by NXT's Dominic Dijakovic and Damian Priest. Again, a couple of guys that are on opposite ends of the field here right now. The jobbers from the Raw locker room ran out to help them. Yeah, you know, but you know, it's 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 what they had. It's what they had. You know, it's who they had to work with. Afterward, Rollins told Triple H that Raw isn't the same as SmackDown's depleted roster, and that he wants to challenge Adam Cole as well. So we'll get that later. Shayna Baszler interrupted a Becky Lynch interview and had. And, and the two had a face-to-face confrontation. It was backstage. It was pre-recorded because I think Becky is actually still out of the country doing a tour. At Survivor Series, we're going to be getting a triple threat match between the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, the NXT Women's Champion, Shayna Baszler, and the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bayley. The NXT Championship match happened later on that night. Seth Rollins defeated Adam Cole by disqualification when the Undisputed Era interfered. This turned into a big brawl between the NXT and uh, and Raw rosters uh, and uh, closed out the show. I think SmackDown obviously was was a better show. It did a better job of highlighting uh, NXT, but then again, you had a three-hour Raw and you had everybody back in town. So, you know, they were kind of probably trying to scramble a little bit to uh, okay, let's uh, reset everything that we needed to set this week and let's tell the future story about the NXT um, roster coming over to, you know, take over. Excuse the pun. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens on Wednesday. Again, it's just some of this stuff is kind of muddy. And so, uh, you know, I'm also believing that Survivor Series also happens in a multiverse where, you know, this kind of thing, you, it's it's weird to kind of see guys that are that should be feuding each other in the stage going, we're here in solidarity, you know. So uh, definitely something to, I don't know, something to, let's, let's see how Wednesday plays out. When it comes to this war game stuff. Uh, this coming Saturday, by the way, Saturday, November the 9th, which, by the way, happens to be my birthday and Chris Jericho's birthday. We share the same birthday. So um, full gear 
AEW Full Gear is happening on Saturday, November the 9th. Here's what we know so far of the card, and here's my predictions. Okay, so we'll hear about the rest of the show probably on Wednesday. But here's what we know so far. We've got Hangman Adam Page versus Pac. We've got the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Santana and Ortiz. We've got a Lights Out match, which is Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. And then we've got an AEW championship match, which is Chris Jericho versus Cody Rhodes. Okay, so here are my quick predictions. First off, I'm picking Pac to win over Hangman Adam Page. I'm picking Santana and Ortiz to win over the Young Bucks. I'm picking Kenny Omega to win over John Moxley. And in the main event, I think Chris Jericho retains because, come on, Champion's got to retain in the first pay-per-view of this brand-new promotion. So Chris Jericho uh, is going to be over Cody Rhodes, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be more matches. We don't have a women's title match there yet. Uh, We don't have a tag team championship match there yet. So I'm sure we'll have a couple more, but um, stay tuned to Instagram and Twitter for my further predictions on that, I guess. Hey, by the way, if you're enjoying Wrestle With Hope, let me encourage you to make a donation to Ability Tree Florida and support their mission. Ability Tree Florida is a nonprofit organization that comes alongside families impacted by disability and provides rest, recreation, education, support, and training. You can find out more at donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope a lot of different levels that you could support at you could join the varsity club for only five dollars you could join the heart foundation for 40 you could be a part of the four horsemen for a 400 dollars donation or hey if you want to be your own person and uh, and and give an other amount be a fabulous free bird want to thank you guys so much for your support so far in what we've been able to raise for ability tree florida check it out donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope and now let's talk about what's happening this week in wrestling history. Just a couple of things that we wanted to kind of highlight this uh, this week. And uh, uh, both of them have to do with uh, unpredictable circumstances. Okay, so in 2005, on November the 1st, we had WWF Taboo Tuesday. Do you remember Taboo Tuesday? Taboo Tuesday was a pay-per-view surrounded around online voting. And so you can vote for the match or the type of match that you wanted to see. So there's a couple of highlights that I just wanted to share with you. And um, this first one, I'm just going to give you like a quick word of warning. If, if you want to like, if you want to fast forward by a minute, if you have kiddos in the car, fast forward by a minute. Okay. But here's the thing. We had the WWF women's champion, Trish Stratus defeating Ashley, Victoria, Mickey James, Maria, and Candice in a lingerie battle Royal. Okay, so this is what I want to say with this. Normally, you know, this is a wholesome show for all ears. I just wanted to bring this up to remind everybody of how far we've come. We had a lingerie battle royal in 2005 for the Women's Championship. But coming up on Survivor Series, we're getting Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler versus Bailey. All three women represent their brands with athleticism, not just their looks. Something I think that we can all be proud of. I am really proud of where women's wrestling has gone over the last few years and especially with how it's being portrayed in WWE because of their poor portrayal over the last several years. So um, I, 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 part of the thing that makes me a little bit nervous about TV 14 coming back 
or any of that kind of stuff is this kind of thing. For me, wrestling's for families. I mean, listen, I understand that there's extreme wrestling, that there's this for hardcore wrestling, that there's this, there's, you know, there's something for everybody, sure. But I just think WWE is a family, should be a family show. Because why? Well, I, I discovered wrestling when I was, you know, five with larger than life characters that brought people together, um, that wowed people with their athleticism and all that. I tuned out as an adult when, you know, the attitude era was at its height because I was embarrassed to, you know, show people, you know, what was on the screen because at the same time of, you know, great athletic matches, we also had, you know, excuse again, brawn underwear matches, you know, it's like, I, I didn't want to sit down and watch, you know, an entire show with somebody because I didn't know what was going to be up on the screen. Uh, listen, AEW can be whatever they want. Uh, you know, uh, ROH could be whatever it wants. ECW was whatever it was. Okay. Um, I just feel like, man, you know, this is just my soapbox. WWE. It's for everybody. It's, 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 you know, for all families. So that's just me. I like kind of knowing that there's something that people could watch that is for all ages. And I'm so happy with how far women's wrestling has gone. Also on that show, Taboo Tuesday, by the way, WWE Intercontinental Champion at the time, Ric Flair, defeated Triple H in a steel cage match, as voted on by the fans at the time. Then we had WWE World Champion John Cena defeating Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. Man, just some cool stuff, some, some cool matches um, you can now catch in highlight form. In 2006, by the way, on November the 5th, we had WWE Cyber Sunday. So same thing as Taboo Tuesday, just on a Sunday. Um, we had uh, you know fans voting on and choosing matches. We had Jeff Hardy defeating Carlito to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Rated RKO. Remember Edge and Randy Orton as a tag team? They defeated D-Generation X, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels. Lita defeated Mickey James in a Lumberjill match for the vacant WWE Women's Championship. And then this next match just brought a smile to my face. The Nature Boy Ric Flair and Rowdy Roddy Piper with Dusty Rhodes and Sergeant Slaughter in their corner defeated the Spirit Squad, Kenny and Mikey, to win the World Tag Team Championship. Now, you got to understand, even in 2006, Flair and Piper were well along in their years and past their prime, but to see them just be able to, being able to hold the tag team championship one last time and with each other of all things, very cool. King Booker with Queen Charmel defeated John Cena and the Big Show in a triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship, by the way. That is what happened in wrestling history for this week. Can't wait to share with you what's going on next week as we move into the fall. We're getting, we're getting into fall brawl season, everybody. Let's talk about the Wrestling With Hope word of the week. The Wrestling With Hope word of the week this week is unexpected. You know, just like um, you know, just like you do with Cyber Sunday. Cyber Sunday, you didn't know what was going on. You didn't know who was going to, you know, pick for what or 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 you know what you know, what the audience was going to vote on. Same thing with Taboo Tuesday. I mean, the unexpected happened this week when, when travel delays, regardless of the cause of them, gave us one of the most incredible SmackDowns of all time. It could have been terrible. I mean, you know, the main event of SmackDown that was booked was Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. Now, Roman Reigns versus King Corbin, sure, could have been fun. 
But what we got because of the unexpected was Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole, baby. And the unexpected is one of those things where we can we could be worried about it, we could sweat it, or we could just simply trust in the path. When we deal with the unexpected, we need to expect God to lead through the unexpected. We're not alone in this. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 is my favorite passage in the Bible. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. When the unexpected comes our way, when, when, when uh, roadblocks happen, when travel delays occur, when, uh, when the outcome is not completely sure, we can trust that God will light our path and show us which way to take that even though we didn't expect it, it's not a surprise to him. It's the Wrestling With Hope word of the week, unexpected. I hope you enjoyed today's program. I want to encourage you to connect with us on voicemail. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you think about this past week of wrestling, wrestling past as well. Let us know what you think about the word of the week. Connect with us on voicemail, 352-340-3648. You can also connect with us on email, wrestlewithhope at gmail.com. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at wrestlewithhope. Supportability Tree Florida if you enjoyed the podcast at donorbox.org slash wrestlewithhope. A big thank you to Josiah Williams for his song, Number One Contender, as our theme song. Follow him at J. Dean Williams and at Wrestle and Flow. A big thank you to Greg Goslin for our artwork in our logo. Follow him at Greg Goslin on Instagram for more incredible art. By the way, this month we're doing WWH Gratitude. It's the Gratitude era, and we're posting a thankful post, a great uh, a, a post on gratitude every single day on Instagram. Follow that comment. Once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an impactful week, and we can't wait to see what happens on the road to the Survivor Series. This is Wayne Cordova signing off. And remember, if God is for you, who can dare stand against you? Until next week, then, this would be Gordon Soley saying so long from the Sunshine State.